Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we're headed into the forests, wetlands, beaches, and deserts across Oregon in search of some of our closest animal neighbors. That's right, Vicki. We are talking, of course, about birds. From little warblers to mighty eagles, birds are around us literally all the time. Uh, you can find them on the slopes of volcanoes or on the beach or out in the sagebrush or really just right in your own backyard. Yeah, and that might explain why bird watching or birding is such a popular hobby. It's something that anyone can do just about anywhere in the world. And bird watching seems to have become a lot more popular over the last few years, especially during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And now more than ever, there are opportunities for people who want to try it out. Today, we will be talking to one of the founders of a relatively new birdwatching group right here in Portland, one that is catering to people young and old, beginners and experts alike, and which started, interestingly enough, in a local torta restaurant. So joining us today from the Guero Bird Club is co-founder Audrey Tadri. Audrey, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so happy and excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, so tortas and birdwatching, it it seems like kind of an an unlikely connection. So why don't we just start at the beginning? How how did this all come to be? (laughs) It's not quite peanut butter and jelly, but um, (laughs) it it goes together in my heart really well. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's a weird story, and I haven't really gotten it to make a bunch of sense when I'm telling it, but it is what it is. I've worked at... Guero, which is a like a Mexican torta restaurant um, in Portland for seven years. I'm the kitchen manager back there. I make sandwiches. (laughs) Um, And uh, outside of that, very outside of that, like I I didn't ever put these two things together, but like I've been a bird watcher also. (laughs) Side note. And it really the bird club started in 2020. (laughs) If you can imagine the vibes of 2020 in a restaurant, (laughs) Um, Mm kind of bleak. (laughs) Uh, Our dining room was closed and uh, kind of filled with boxes. Like we just kind of were like, well, we'll just use this for storage. And, you know, we'd go in, we're masked up. Just imagine the vibes. I I don't want (laughs) to have to relive all the details, but it was a vibe. Um, And I'd go in pretty excited to see people. <laughs> and um, my friend Greg, co-worker Greg, uh, who worked in the front of house, was also a birder. And so we would come in and compare notes. It was like, you know, a safe outdoor thing to do alone at the time. And we were just both like really diving into it. And I think excited about having the chance to like share it with another person. So we'd come in, we're like going off about birds. Oh, what'd you see at Whitaker Pond? I saw this thing. Did you see all the pelicans? Yes. Oh my God. I saw that. (laughs) And our boss overhears us. (laughs) Um, Meg Sanchez, the, uh, one of the co-owners of Guero and was just, she was like, you guys, 
you can't do this and leave everyone out. <laughs> you have to like it, it was like like bringing candy. It's like if you bring candy, you have to bring enough for the whole class. <laughs> so she was like, bring people birding. This is this is what you need to do. You need to bring people birding. Everyone should be invited to the club. And Greg and I were like, yes, duh, of course. Yes, let's invite everyone birding with us. Um, and it kind of started more as an idea that we like talked about for a long time and then eventually made some boxes, made some t-shirts, made some hats and made a calendar and uh, started inviting people birding. We really wanted to like, yeah, it, at first I think it was like, let's bring our coworkers birding. And then it quickly evolved into like, let's bring everyone birding. Because um, it really is like very fun. So I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it started. So in those first few uh, bird club meetups, what obviously it started as your friends and your coworkers. And then who were the people that started joining and expanding that group? Was it customers? Was it like the Guero customer base? Who was it? Yeah, you know, Guero has always been a real community kind of restaurant. Well, I mean, we started as a food truck at 28th and Ankeny. And then when we opened the restaurant, it was at 28th and Davis. So just a couple blocks away. So like, stationed in this place. Um, and I know like, yeah, our kind of vibe at the restaurant has always been like, community, um, a place where people can feel comfortable and hang out. And so yeah, it's interesting, like then the bird walks yeah, we're a lot of that community of people who are like, I love tortoises and I also love birds. Or I've never been birding before, but I love tortoises and so I thought I'd come. Um, and then little by little, also people who have never heard of the restaurant and are just interested in going birding has that has uh, happened lately. But in the beginning, I would say, yeah, it's just... Um, a mix of like friends and friends of friends kind of word of mouth. Um, and yeah, I mean, really it's just a surprising Venn diagram of like tortas and birds. And there's like a much larger group of people in the middle than you might expect. Well, so it's been a couple years now since you've been doing these, these bird walks. What, what is the state of Guerra bird club now? What, what is that? What does a, a walk look like? And, and who are the people who are showing up for that? Yeah. So it's actually only been hmm, a year and a couple months. We celebrated our first year birthday in, I think it's June 1st is our birthday. And, um, I brought like special treats to that walk and we kind of had a little birthday party for the club. Um, and someone hid cute presents along the trail that you could find with your binoculars. Um, so it's very fun. Uh, yeah, now it's, it's just, it's very casual and chill and it just kind of happens. I like to think of where a bird, it's less of a thing that I, or any, like any singular person has made. It is the people that show up to every walk, you know, it's like. It changes every walk, like just depends on who's there and what they're interested in doing. But typically we'll meet up um, at a local kind of nature area. Um, we love going to Whitaker Ponds, Smith and Bybee, other spots around Portland that are near the city, but pretty green. And depending on the time of day, <laughs> 
I'll bring some coffee and potentially some little treats um, because I think it's nice to kind of socialize and bring people to I guess I'm just like I come from a restaurant I bring people together with food and so I do that um and we chat and we talk about what we're excited to see or why we're there and um yeah we take a really slow walk and just I really am am most excited to uh make a space where beginners feel really really welcome and are having fun. I feel like a couple of my decisions are based on that. And yeah, if we see a cool bird, if anyone sees a cool bird, we just all <laughs> look at it for a long time. This is this is bird watching. This is if you've never heard of this sport, this is what you do: is you you go out. A big group of people is all just like they've got their binoculars out. And like on Saturday, we went out and to Smith and Bybee, and we saw in like the first uh little turtle pond there a great blue heron and it had um a big frog dangling from its bill like just kind (laughs) of like looking like a rag doll it was like my heron and my my rag doll frog friend um and it looked kind of adorable and it just it carried it around for I don't know, we probably watched it for five or six minutes. Um, and it would also dunk the frog in the water, which we <laughs> we thought maybe because it's like a very slimy treat. And so it was um, kind of washing it off. But, you know, we just we just watch birds really slowly and <laughs> it it's fun. <laughs> I don't know oh how God, much more I have to visual. sell it, you know. <laughs> Well, Audrey, how often do the walks happen? Yeah, it kind of depends on my schedule right now. But I try pretty hard to have a walk at least once a week or like three, four times a month. It's a little bit random, but the more bird walking, the better is what I go for. Can anyone join? Do you have to sign up ahead of time? Do you just go and meet there? How does that process work? Yeah, as soon as you show up to a bird walk, you become a member, a full-on member of the Guero Bird Club. Um, No experience necessary. You don't need to show me any forms or documents. (laughs) You do need to do a small hazing ritual, but that's fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah, literally anyone is invited. Um, I really try and make it as open as possible. Like expert birders love it when they come because we can ask them all the questions (laughs) that we have. Um, Love it when you've never gone birding before. Love it if you've never gone birding with a group before because it's very different to um, take your like solitary habit of of watching birds and like looking for birds and bring it into a group setting. Um, And I think it has a different you know, it's a little more about sharing that experience and that can be just rewarding in a really different way than solo bird watching. Um, so yeah, everyone's invited. You guys are invited. Please come birding with me. <laughs> <laughs> I I did come birding with you yeah, uh, one you morning and it, one thing that I, I was struck by, so I mean, I feel like there's a stereotype about bird watching <laughs> that it is an old person's game. You think about bird watching, it's gray haired people, retirees out there 
in the wilderness. But what I was struck by when I went out with you is that there was such a range of ages. There were some older folks, but there were also people in their early 20s and everywhere in between. And the diversity of not just ages, but experience in birding, like you're saying, some people who had been were out there birding for the very first time and some people who are out there all the time. Um, it really does seem like Guerra Bird Club as you said, is for everyone and that everyone does tend to show up like a, a wide variety of people. It makes me so happy. One thing, it is really interesting, this uh, idea of the stereotypical birder. It's like, yes, that's all of us in the future. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like being old is a thing that everyone will be eventually, you know. What I love about the birding community is that it can be a a space and an opportunity for different generations to interact. And it doesn't have to be just one generation or like typically the older generation. Last Saturday, I was thinking about how what I was most excited about was that it was similar to the walk that you were on, um, a walk that had a lot of different experience levels with birding. And I still think that everyone walked away having had a really fun experience. And I think that's really special. Like, there was a young family with their like two parents and their maybe six year old. Another birder who I know was like got into birding because they were really into Pokemon Go and they liked how it was kind <laughs> of a similar game of like trying to catch them all. So this person's like very much like checking the WhatsApp and is like, oh man, I could go see this bird at Whitaker Pond. It's like a rarity. I'm going to go check it out. And they're like a great birder. Yeah, there was just like a handful of people who were like, had, you know, could could name birds based on the calls and also people who wanted a little extra help with like how to use binoculars for the first time. Um, and everyone found something on that walk um, and also like gave something on that walk, like made the whole experience more fun for everyone. It was really beautiful. I loved it. <laughs> I feel like I would love to take my dad when he visits Portland to come to this bird club because back home we have this like big window and you can look outside and he puts like a bird feeder out there and he's the type of person who like gets so excited when he sees a different bird come that he's like calling over everyone in the family to like go look out the window at these birds. <laughs> so I just I know that this would be like right up his alley. <laughs> I can't wait for you and your dad to come to Guero Bird Club. I am so excited. Where are you from? Where like where is his where is your dad's bird feeder? Um this is in Delaware. Um yeah, Delaware, on like the cool. coast of Delaware. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Awesome. Cool. So a whole different bird scene. Um your dad will be super excited to see some of the Portland specialties. Yes. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I'm I'm also really interested in Gore Bird Club is how it sort of fits into this modern birding boom, right? Um, and I know that birding has sort of been, you know, always a thing and um, has been increasing in popularity perhaps for the last, you know, five or six years. But it does seem like over the pandemic, there was sort of a moment for birding. And I love about what you do, Audrey, with, with this bird club is sort of this, this modern approach to to, um, you know, bringing people together for this. It's, you know, not the Audubon Society, all due respect to Audubon Society or these sort of more um, uh, storied institutions for birding. But I mean, you have this great social media presence, you have 
the merchandise. You have like this general sort of fun, silly atmosphere around birding that I don't see anywhere else. Um, and I guess I'm wondering how you feel like this, your, your bird club fits into maybe this sort of new wave of birding that's going on right now. Definitely birding had its moment in the pandemic. I think that everyone who found birding through the pandemic was finding something like we could call it mindfulness or just like, you know, when you're looking at birds or for birds and trying to identify them, it takes a lot of focus. Um, I've always really appreciated the way that you kind of forget about anything outside of this moment with you and your bird. And you're like, if it's a bird that's moving a lot, you're just like trying to keep your eyes on it. Um, And if it's a bird that has kind of more cryptic plumage, you're just trying to like really look at it and figure out like, what are the special characteristics here? So all of that kind of leads to this. It's a hobby that like takes you out of all of the (laughs) conundrums and dilemmas and chaos of whatever else is going on in your life in the world. And so I do think like in the pandemic, birding was a really a, 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 like a special thing for, for a lot of people to have found. Um, and I think like where a bird club has liked to incorporate is just like, yeah, I do love that. It's like super like mindful and like, I don't know, good for your mental health. I also think it's really fun. <laughs> um, and I like to bring that part to it too. Um, and yeah, I think some of the ways that birding was popular in previous decades was kind of about making lists and tracking down the the most birds, seeing the most of, of them. Um, and I think the pandemic, like, being more aware of how birding can be this kind of like, I don't know, almost meditative practice. It's kind of just opened up different ways to bird, like in general. I think it's great if you want to go and look at the most birds in the world. That's super fun. Um, Or if you want to see the most species in Multnomah County, that's super cool. Um, But I think one thing the pandemic gave us is just like, an awareness that there's like, there's a hundred different ways you could go birding. You could go birding without leaving your house ever. Like Vicky, like your dad, <laughs> like not that he doesn't leave his house, but like the, um, I, during the pandemic also got into, um, bird feeding and like just watching my feeders. Um, <laughs> and it's really, really rewarding and really fun. Um, and you feel like you have pets almost, or like you have a relationship with the birds that you're feeding. But yeah, so there's, you know, like, there's just a ton of different ways to go birding. And with Gora Bird Club, I like to make, I'm like, this one is for having a lot of goofy fun. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I love that. I think that approach is definitely uh, something that's great for people who don't have a lot of experience and are beginners. Um, So we're going to take a short break, but we'll be back with Audrey talking more about Gora Bird Club and tips for beginners right afterwards. All right, we are back from our break, and we are talking with Guerrero Bird Club co-founder, Audrey Tadri. Um, So, Audrey, I'd love to know your background with birding. How did you get started with it? 
So my parents invited Big Bird to my seventh oh. birthday, um, which was a big bash in the basement. Um, and I super freaked out. Like I had a total meltdown. <laughs> I was completely unable to function at this party. I was like too just like enchanted, like enchanted isn't the right word, but like I was, I was mad. I was like out of control. So yeah, I had a big meltdown and um, had to go take like kind of a cry break. And uh, that was kind of the beginning of like my fandom of birds. Um, in college, I, I was an English major, but I um, hung out with a lot of NVI majors. Um, and I decided my senior year to take a bird class because it just sounded like the kind of thing you do your senior year of college. Um, and it was amazing. It was led by, it was taught by two professors who, it wasn't like, it was taught by two professors who were researchers in other fields, mm -hmm. but their hobby was birding. Um, and they were this wonderful odd couple of like this kind of, um, prim, not stuffy, but like very upright, um, English, <laughs> pr 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 like Englishmen. <laughs> um, and then the, uh, the like radical hippie, um, like anti-corporate, uh, just like American, like rough kind of like professor. And they just, they both loved birds and I loved them both. And we got up, me and my, uh, my best friend at the time, we were roommates and we got up, I had to wake her up every morning, uh, for class <laughs> And we would make it to class. We would sometimes sleep in class, but we would go out on field trips in this class. And it was that was really my introduction to birding as a thing. For final, we had to go take a bird walk and the professors would be like, what's that bird? By the song. And um, they would point out a song and say, what's that bird? And we would have to write it on tiny pieces of paper. And I passed. So now I'm uh, certified to take you birding. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it just kind of stuck. And I really enjoyed doing that. And uh, so that was in New York where I grew up. Um, and I moved out to Oregon. And it's just, yeah, a thing that I never stopped doing really was like looking at birds. And, and it's a cool hobby because there's so much information to learn about birds. And so once you get into it, you can kind of like, you can learn a lot by yourself and you can also like engage in the community and find people who know more and bug them and just kind of like follow them while they're birding and learn a lot that way. So yeah, I guess that's my bird journey. <laughs> well, if someone doesn't have, uh, you know, maybe someone doesn't have access to a class for birding in mm -hmm. school um what are some other ways that people can get started with it yeah there's so many ways um join a local bird club that's a great way because they're super friendly and <laughs> want to take you out birding i bought a field guide um for that class and i really loved kind of like my the first couple of years of birding when things were, there were so many mysteries for me. And I just had this book and I was like, the mis the answers to the mysteries are in this book. And so I'd like flip through the pages trying to identify birds. Um, and now there's apps. <laughs> so um, the Cornell Lab of Ornithology has a really, really great app um, that you could get on your phone called Merlin. And that will help you ID birds. There's different functions it has so you can use it as a field guide 
you could use it as kind of a key where it'll ask you questions about a bird that you're looking at and it'll say maybe it's a robin or maybe it's a song sparrow based on your answers and it also has my one of my favorite features now is shazam for birds um so you could just record a bird that you're hearing and it'll tell you what it's likely no way uh what likely is yeah seriously it's, it's like pretty accurate it's like yeah it i use it as i guess like I like to think of it as more of like a tool or like a confirmation mm-hmm. tool. But um, yeah, it's very fun. I love Shazamming birds. <laughs> Are you able to identify just by listening to birds? I have a small library in my head of bird songs that I recognize. Um, and I'm always at trying to add to it. It's one of my favorite aspects of birding is birding by ear. Um, and it, it's it's difficult, <laughs> um, or it's difficult for some people. Some people don't find it difficult at all. I, um, but uh, yeah, that's a thing that I've always incorporated into um, birding. I was recently talking to the executive director of Portland Audubon, and we were talking about this exact skill. And he said it's it's like a, another language people have. It's like being able to speak bird language. Is that is that kind of like how you you? approach it is like learning a language or like I guess my question is like how 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 do you do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah um okay one thing it's really nice when you could make up lyrics to a bird song um that's really really Mm. helpful when a bird is like I'm singing uh, a song and these are the words and you just hear them so like the the brown creeper is this tiny streaky brown bird that likes to creep up tall trees looking for bugs and when it gets to the top it goes trees trees beautiful trees (laughs) and so like that's super easy to remember right um but yeah a lot of learning bird song is for me partly about translating what a bird song sounds like into my language like words that i understand so you know trying to broaden my vocabulary um so that i can describe a bird's voice and song so like raspy versus flute-like or um jittery versus um you know smooth (laughs) um i think that can help a lot because part of the reason why we it's difficult to identify birds by song is just um Normally, you're not asked to pay that close of attention to it. You don't have the attention to, like, the nuance between them. So it's something that you have to kind of, like, teach yourself to pay attention to. There's so many. Like, I have <laughs> lyrics to many bird songs. Uh, the Red-Winged Blackbird says, Justin Bieber. Um, <laughs> there's, like, the, the yellow the yellow warbler says, uh, sweet, 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 so sweet. <laughs> um <laughs> The goldfinch says potato chip. Like, <laughs> I don't, and, and, and so like that's helpful to a certain extent, but it does help. Yeah. At some point you also start kind of learning these voices. A lot of people also compare it to entering the matrix. If you've ever entered the hmm. matrix, um, <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> uh, but I guess, you know, like, realizing that there's different layers to the world it's kind of like that Mm -hmm. like you realize that there's there are differences in things that you thought were the same 
It's so cool. Being alive is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ever doing bird calls? Are you just looking and identifying? Yeah, on the walks, I do try and point out um, another good way to like start learning bird songs is just to learn the ones that you hear very frequently. So I do try and point out um, the songs that are kind of like the songs of Portland or whatever park we're at. I don't know. This is going to get too nerdy. But um, so songs and calls are, are kind of different a bird song is typically like a thing that the bird has had to learn and it is a little more complicated um so if you think of like a robin has a song mm-hmm. <laughs> cheer up cheerio cheer up cheerio that's like a whole song <laughs> uh-huh. versus a call is just a, a sh- usually a shorter and usually like an innate sound that a bird can make to communicate something maybe a, an alarm call or um just like a contact call so these kind of birders call them chip notes so things like it'll just sound like or you know <laughs> like the really short things um so songs are definitely the the place to start with bird vocalizations songs are a little more mm, identifiable and then you can get start getting into bird calls and chip notes. Are there any birds that when you see them, you're like, oh, it's going to be a great day. I just saw X, Y, Z. <laughs> I'm so cheesy, but like literally any bird. <laughs> I've been waking I've been waking up lately to the scrub jays waking me up and I love it. It also changes throughout the year. But you know what? The one that's just coming to my mind right now is the cedar waxwing. Did we see cedar waxwings with you, Jamie? Maybe. I I honestly do not remember. (laughs) They are these really beautiful, sleek looking birds. They have kind of like a black bandana across their eyes. They look like designer birds. They're just there. And they have these. Oh, they have like waxy red beads at their wingtips. And on the bottom of their tail, they have this line of yellow. They're amazing birds. I'm sorry to pick a favorite. It's, and they're not my favorite bird. But like in this moment, if I'm like leading a group of people and I get to show them cedar waxwings, I usually get a like some pretty odd um, like people who are in awe, <laughs> <laughs> odd reactions. <laughs> um, people are like, whoa, that's a bird that you can see just here. That's a good day. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I know you mentioned a couple of spots already, um, Whitaker Ponds, Smith and Bybee Lakes, but I wondered if you could tell us about any other uh, favorite birding spots around Portland or elsewhere. Yeah, I I mean, Portland is such a great place to go birding um, if you're down for like a short walk. Um, and most of the places have pretty decent walking trails. They're not all universally accessible but yeah within the city it's just like wow there's so much bird habitat here so oaks bottom is really fun that's like a wetlands down um on the willamette mount Tabor is one of my favorites at the top of mount Tabor, there is a specific tree that is like the tree to go stand in front of during spring migration because all of the warblers will end up there i love kelly point park I love 
yeah, Whitaker Ponds. Whitaker Ponds is a wild one because it's so small. I always tell people that we're about to go on a walk that's less than a mile and it's going to take us at least an hour, but usually two. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's just, yeah, there's so much there. Crystal Springs Rhododendron Garden is a really great accessible spurting spot um, with beautiful lakes and especially in like May uh, and June when the rhododendrons are blooming. That one's really wonderful. Ironically, Forest Park, I find very difficult to bird in. <laughs> like the giant mm. forest that is, you know, takes up so much space in Portland. Um, typically, the taller the trees get, the harder it is to <laughs> look at the birds yeah. in them. Um, so I think like some of the best spots to look for birds are in the like scrubbier areas, places with like lots of hedges and bushes and shorter like vegetation or, or open fields. Oh, Powell Butte is so fun. Yeah. And also like the past year, what something I've been trying is just to literally go out and walk out of my door and go on a bird walk in my neighborhood. Like I don't live in a park. <laughs> I live pretty close to Irving Park. So my walk goes through Irving Park, but then I'm kind of just walking through people's like through neighborhoods, through streets of houses and um, just to see what's there because, you know, if no one looks, then no one knows that there are so many birds right there. Um, and that's been something I've been really very much enjoying lately. Amazing. I love that. And it again speaks to the idea that anyone can go birding, just step outside your front door, you can do it. But for those who want to join up with Guerra Bird Club, Audrey, um, how, how can they go about finding you? Where, where should they go to look? Yeah, I post all of our outings on our calendar at um, guerrotortas.com slash bird club. We also have an Instagram account at Guerra Bird Club. Also on the website, you can sign up for our newsletter. Um, so it's an email that I'll send out once a month with all of our events. And you can also always just come to the restaurant and ask if I'm in the back. <laughs> and uh, I'll be like, oh, you want to talk about birds? Sure, let me set down my knife and uh, we can talk about birds. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, Audrey, thank you for coming on and talking to us about birds today. It was an absolute pleasure. I had so much fun. I can't wait to see you guys out on a bird walk soon. Thanks, Audrey. Well, Vicki, it sounds like you maybe are interested in Guerra Bird Club. I'll say as someone who has gone on a bird walk with them, I highly recommend it to you, your dad, literally anyone who is <laughs> bird curious even. Um, bird curious. Go check it out. <laughs> You know, I one thing that I love doing on um, just like my hikes and stuff is being like, oh man, I wonder what type of bird that is. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea. So I would love to go on a bird walk and be around people who even slightly know what they are seeing. Sounds like Audrey knows a whole heck of a lot. So mm -hmm. I would love to join her and uh, be enlightened by the birds that are around us all the time here in Portland. You know, like I said at the beginning, they're, they're our closest neighbors. They're uh, around us all the time, everywhere. You can't ignore the birds. Um, so might as well <laughs> befriend them as Audrey has and as so many of our neighbors have. Um, I think it's a great way to get out and, and spend uh, some time in nature, too. I completely agree. And I will never even look at Big Bird the same <laughs> after this conversation. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Well, folks, uh, that'll be it for us today. But until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you're interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show is produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale and Andrew Thien. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.